Joan talking about the uh, senior celebration, 700 people in A1 in November, reminded me, I don't know whether you know this story or not, but uh, we did need a team of helpers, and one of them was a 10-year-old boy who was helping serving the food to the tables, and he went up to Pastor Peter and early on in the service, and he said, it's 10, remember, I can't wait to be retired, and I get to enjoy all of this as well. Oh... I'm thinking to myself, it won't take too long. We've all been there, won't it? Oh, only 10. <laughs> this morning I'm going to start on a new series, I Am, the I Am series. If you're here on December the 18th, I spoke on I Am, the light of the world in the morning service. And I thought, after that morning service, I thought, why not, why not just continue that series? And so I'm doing the I Ams in the Gospel according to John. So today is I Am, the bread of life. John chapter 6, the words will be up on the screen for you. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. And then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, Gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to, take, about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. And when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. And then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not got into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, When did you come here? And Jesus answered them, 
Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you, for it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. There are seven I am statements in the gospel according to John. And each one of them is a declaration of the person of Christ. His deity, his humanity and his ministry and the relationship that we are to have with him. The words I am to us may not seem so important when you ask somebody of something and they say I am tired or I am hungry I am thirsty it doesn't have too much of a meaning but for Jesus the words I am had incredible significance it goes way back to Exodus chapter 3 where Moses as we know was in the desert there for some 40 years looking after his father-in-law's sheep and he turned around one day and he saw a bush that was burning but not burnt up Bushes would commonly burn up in the desert because of the heat, but this one still was on fire. And so Moses went over to see what was happening, and the angel of the Lord spoke out of the bush and said to Moses, 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 take off your shoes, for you are standing on holy ground. And then gave him the commission to go back to Egypt and take the Israelites, some two, two million people, out of Egypt and lead them to the promised land and Moses didn't want to at the age of 80 years of age and one of his uh, arguments perhaps of why he didn't want to go is that he said to the Lord suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them the God of our fathers has called me to lead you out of slavery and they ask me what is his name what shall I say and the Lord responds I am who I am This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. So every time Jesus uses these words, I am, seven times in the gospel according to John, Jesus is making this declaration, I am the Lord. But there's more to it than that. When Jesus says, I am, speaking of his identity as God in the flesh, he's also speaking into your life and he's speaking into my life, saying that he alone can fulfill our deepest needs. 
I'm sure you'd agree with me that every one of us craves for our life to have significance, to have meaning, and to have purpose. I just don't want to aimlessly live life on, the, on earth here. I want my life to have significance and a purpose, especially into others' lives as well. We want our lives to see clearly what the truth is and what our part is in the world. We all have this need to belong, whether it's family or a community. We need social engagement. That's part of the reason why you're here this morning. That's social engagement. There's a need to know with certainty that, that there's a reason for life. Life is not just by chance or just by accident. That we are who we are because God has created us this way. And Jesus knows this. He knows what it is to be human. So what a statement when we're thinking about the meaning and purpose of our lives that Jesus should say in chapter 6 verse 35, I am the bread of life. And then in chapter 6 verse 51, I am the living bread. Jesus offered the people a new life, a new way of living. Sadly, the masses didn't understand what he was talking about and rejected him. Since the rejection of Jesus as the Messiah by the religious leaders, Jesus then purposely chose to speak in a way that most people would find it difficult to understand what he was saying. He spoke in parables. And people often would hear Jesus speak and go, I don't know what that man is on about. <laughs> you know, it's, some of the things he says are crazy. But for those who are really had a heart, who really wanted to seek deeper into what Jesus was saying, they would ask him and Jesus would reveal to them the truth, the spiritual discernment that they needed to discover the spiritual, tr spiritual truth that he was speaking about. For those who didn't understand what Jesus was saying, they only saw life in the physical realm. That's it. So naturally, when the people heard Jesus say the words, I'm the bread of life, their natural reaction would be, how can we eat you? If you're bread, and bread is one of the main sustenance of life for us, and you're saying, I am the bread of life, are you implying that we need to eat you? Well, they came to Jesus because they were hungry. They were physically hungry. And Jesus could have satisfied their physical need of hunger or for food for all of their, for all of their days. All things are created by him and through him and for him. But Jesus wanted to lead them on to a deeper, a deeper understanding to lead them to their need of spiritual life. We read in the story, Jesus fed 5,000 men along with women and children, five loaves of bread and two fish. A large crowd kept following Jesus because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. And so Jesus departed and he begins, begins this walk up the mountain with his disciples. 
And then when he looks behind him, he sees the large crowd following him. Not only had they been fed, but there was enough for 12 basketfuls left over. And they began to say to one another, well, surely this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. Let's make him king. And Jesus knew that also. So what does he do? Jesus goes further up into the mountain to be alone. See the contrast here with the enthusiasm of the crowd, with the enthusiasm of Jesus, is that they wanted to make him king, but Jesus, it wasn't the right time for him, so he left and went to be by himself. But Jesus, this is the opportunity for you to give the crowd what they want. They want you as king. Drink in the adulation. Soak in the adoration. Let them have what they want. Jesus wasn't interested. He withdrew further up the mountain by himself. Because it wasn't Jesus they wanted, but what he could offer them. And what they wanted was born out of selfish greed. And that's not the life that Christ wants for each of us. Part of being cleansed from and renewed by the Holy Spirit is this new life that Jesus gives to us where self does not rule, but he does. It's not a give me, give me, give me life, but Lord, what can I offer you? Well, we go further into the story. That night, the disciples got into a boat, crossed the sea of Capernaum the sea became rough due to the strong wind blowing and Jesus came walking on the water to them they were terrified and Jesus response is it is I do not be afraid now let's go back to the crowds the very next day they're hungry again so what do we do let's go find Jesus he fed us yesterday Let's go find Jesus. He'll feed us again today. We don't need to go to work if we just find Jesus every day, every day, every day. He keeps on feeding us. Oh, what a good life that is. Well, they couldn't find Jesus and his disciples. Where he'd been the day previously, he was no longer. So now the people, desperate, hop into the boats, go searching for where he might be. And there they find him teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. How did he get to be here? They begin to wonder. They had not seen him leave with the disciples and they had not seen him walk on the water. So they're curious. Jesus, how did you get to be here? When did you come? And it's now at this point that Jesus begins to reveal their real motives behind wanting to make him king. See, they had not accepted him as the Messiah. They had rejected the spiritual benefits and hungered once again because their stomachs were empty. They'd come to Jesus, more food. Please, sir, can I have some more? But again, Jesus wanted them to see their real need was for eternal life 
And that was found only in him. They had been working for food that spoils, but Jesus says that they need to work for food that lasts forever. They were people who wanted a sign. Do another miracle for us, Jesus. Do another miracle. Captivate our interest again. Even our ancestors in the desert, well, manna was given to them. Moses did a miracle. Jesus, you're like a Moses figure. Do a miracle for us too. Verse 32, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, for the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Of course, now, see, they're only thinking about self again. So now they say, well, we want this. If something's coming from heaven, Lord, then we want it. If God is offering something, anything, right, we'll take it. We like free stuff, don't we? I love free stuff. Anybody gives me something for free, my hand is out there. And Jesus is saying, it's going to come down from heaven and it's free. Well, we want it, we want it, they say. But they're still, their mind is only on physical food and a sign. And Jesus refused to give them a sign. They had all the evidence they needed. He is the Messiah. Jesus, Moses brought manna from heaven. What are you going to do? Jesus' reply is that it was not Moses who gave the manna, it was God. Moses only told the people about the manna and the rules for gathering it. It was God who provided it. And now Jesus focuses in on their need and how in him, in his person, he can meet their need. Verse 35, he says to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In this statement and the ones that follow, Jesus talks about this new life in four ways. First of all, in 627, he's saying that this new life is eternal. Now, there's a difference between eternal and everlasting. Everlasting means going on forever. Eternal means a quality of life that goes on forever. This is what Jesus is offering them right now, a quality of life that will go on forever. This new life in 632 and 33, he says, is heavenly because it's come from God the Father. This new life is a satisfying life. This new life that Jesus gives leads to spiritual fullness where they will never hunger or thirst spiritually ever again. In 6.39 and 40, this new life leads to resurrection life. Our physical bodies shall die. However, because this new life is eternal and is heavenly, it is resurrection life and the body will be raised from the dead to live with Jesus forever. And Jesus says to the crowd, I offer this life to you. It's found in me. 
Well, do you think the people understood what he was talking about? Sadly, again, they couldn't distinguish between the physical and the spiritual. Sure, they understood the physical clearly enough. They'd seen it yesterday. Five loaves, two fish, and suddenly then a mass of food that everybody was satisfied and there was leftover. But today, they're hungry again. Jesus, it's our stomachs that we want fed. So Jesus went on and said that they needed to work for eternal life, not for physical food, that they were to believe in him, that salvation is the work of God, and the work of God that saves is to believe in Jesus as saviour of the world. The work of God is to believe on the one whom he has sent. Jesus is saying to them, I'm offering you true bread. All you have to do is receive it. Even in spite of their unbelief, Jesus would still accomplish his mission for which he had been sent. His ministry would never end in failure. And all those that the Father had chosen to give him would come to him. He would not lose a single one who believed on him and to those who believed he promised resurrection from the dead. What's the response of the people? Chapter 6, 41 and 42. Unbelief and murmuring. The people had compared Jesus to Moses and remember the story of the people in the wilderness, there's this constant ongoing for 40 years of murmuring, murmuring, murmuring. We don't have enough food. We don't have enough mood. Moses, give us water, give us water, give us water. And like their ancestors, these people now also murmured. God was giving them the bread of life. And instead of receiving it, they murmured. Jesus, we know your parents. How can it be that you've come down from heaven? So Jesus spoke in parables in ways that they did not understand because their ears were deaf to the spiritual. To them, Jesus made no sense at all. And in 661, we read that even some disciples began, began to murmur. What's the result of all this? Jesus' declaration that he is the bread of life. Chapter 6, verse 66. Many disciples, we read, many disciples, those outside of the apostles, began to walk away from Jesus. Eleven of the twelve apostles reaffirmed their faith in Jesus as the Messiah. 667 to 69. And now for the very first time in the Gospels, we see Judas beginning to show who he really is. He began down the road of rejecting Jesus. Now, I don't want to end on a downer. That's a, you know, that's a, that's a terrible place to finish. I was thinking, Neil, we need to end off on a positive note, don't we? We could be here easily 
for quite a while if I was to ask you about the life that Christ offers you and me for free. We could be here a long time if we went around the room. We'd have all different answers of what people would say that life means to them. I just put down a few. The life Christ offers us is a life where it's his strength in our weakness. The life that Christ offers you and me, it's where it's his peace in exchange for my anxiety. The life that Christ offers you and me is a life where it's his courage instead of my fear. The life that Christ offers you and me, it's where it's his love in exchange for my selfishness. The life that Christ offers you and me is where it's his confidence in God in exchange for my doubt. It's his hope instead of my despair. And it's his self-control in place of some of my desires. Jesus, the bread of life. Let's pray together. Lord, this morning I pray that every person here, Lord, is numbered among those who say of you, you are my God, you are my Messiah, you are the great I am. That each one of us, Lord, will have received into our own lives, Lord, eternal life. Not just a life going on forever, but a quality of life a life that is so, so different. A life that shows the glory of God, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Jesus, we thank you. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Wonderful truth. Wonderful truth for us to reflect upon and to respond to with our lives, but why don't we do that in song now as we stand and finish our service together, sing about that wonderful name who has come down, the Lord Most High, given to us. Let's uh, sing this song together, yeah.
through Jesus Christ our Saviour, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. To Him be the glory. Amen.